Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. I know there's a real praise on your lips. Has he not been good? Is he not worthy of your praise? David said, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord, and the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. His right hand and holy arm hath gotten him the victory. And if he's gotten himself the victory, he got the victory for you. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Grab your neighbor by the hand quickly. Grab it, leaving no one untouched. Grab a neighbor by the hand. Hallelujah. 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 You're holding the hand of a miracle. You're holding the hand of someone that the enemy tried to destroy. The devil didn't want you to be here, not just here in this service, but the devil didn't want you here in this season. But you made it. Even if you made it on broken pieces, even if you've made it on brokenness, you made it. And you made it by the grace of God that is sufficient for you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the hand that we hold. We thank you for the life that we hold. I thank you for the anointing and your presence on that life. Like the woman with the issue of blood, she just wanted to, she didn't want to touch you. She just wanted to touch Jesus. She just wanted to touch something that was touching him. And I believe you're touching somebody that is touching him right now. And so I declare over you right now that you would receive your healing in your mind. Receive your healing in your emotions. Receive your healing in your finances. Receive your healing in your family. In the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name, that at that name demons flee. At that name demons flee. I said at that name demons flee. Every tormenting spirit that has been tormenting you, I rebuke that spirit right now in the name of Jesus, and it comes under the blood. You are covered this day under the blood of the Lamb. No weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. Loose those hands and give God the best praise you got. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I told Pastor Israel I didn't need a table for that. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Two things. So grab your Bibles. Lift your Bibles up in the air. Can we get our prayer up? Hallelujah. There we go. This is my Bible. It is the living Word of God. It never changes. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I boldly declare, I'll live how it says I should live. 
I'll be what it says I should be. I'll do what it says I should do. I'll have what it says I should have. I will say what it says I should say. This is the day that the Lord has made. Today I receive miracle power of God through healing, finances, deliverance, family, forgiveness. I will stand for a strong biblical nation. I will stand and pray for every nation. I will stand and pray for the nation of Israel. For I declare that we're one nation under God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now go with me quickly in your Bibles. I'm not going to be before you long. Uh, God has put something on my heart. We're going to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter number 6. Hallelujah. And I promise to behave. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> All right, Pastor Lydia. <laughs> Y'all know me too well already. That's not good. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So I want to look at a couple of passages here, um, and I hope everybody has your Bible with you this morning because we're a Bible church. You should always have, I know we have these phones and we like these phones, but I want to challenge you to get you a Bible because you need to learn how to flip through the Word of God so that you can really get the Word of God inside of you so it can really speak to you so that it can become the fabric of your life. I want to challenge you to do that. If you don't have your Bible, look on with your neighbor. They need to, they need to learn how to share in the faith with you. Maybe you can get some, some nuggets from them. I want to thank uh, Pastor Larry and Pastor Tiz and, um, and all of the pastors here for all the love that they have shown me and, um, um, since I've been a part of you guys and, and just even over the years. Pastor John, Pastor Nancy, Pastor Lydia, Pastor Scott, um, and so many others. That, and, and the staff. The staff is just amazing. They've been such a blessing also um, in, in everything. And I am so appreciative to each and every one of them. And I honor them and I give God glory for the anointing on their lives. And I want to thank my daughter for being here this morning. I love you, baby. <laughs> Uh, thank you, Jesus. So a lot of times I talk about defending the faith. And people tend to get upset when I talk about defending the faith. Because, you know, we, we don't like the idea of us claiming to be right and assuming that other people are wrong. So there's this idea that we have a problem with, um, with, with us just being right. But if the word of God is true, then we are right if we're speaking the word of God. So why are we being afraid to speak a word of God that is true? So today I want to talk to you from the topic of this means war. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, this means war. Look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, this means war. Hallelujah. I said I'm going to behave. Ephesians 6 beginning at verse 10 says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may, able, may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, 
but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, and against spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints and for me that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Hallelujah. So, most of you know that I've been very active all of my life in the Republican Party. And no, I'm not going to do what y'all think is political. I hear a few hands. But, but it's not political. It's biblical. It's kingdom. So I need you to get out of that stinking thinking mindset. Because the war that we're in is a spiritual war. And until you put on the ide the biblical worldview ideology, you can't properly engage in the war that we're in. This is the war for your family. This is a war for the generations. This is the war that began when Adam when when the seed of Adam was attacked way back in the garden. The, the, this is the same war that has been waged for generations. But we as the church have done such a horrible job of fighting the good fight of faith, of engaging in the war and engage because we don't like war terminology. We don't like to hear that we're in a battle. We don't like to hear that we're in a war. But today, you're going to understand that you are in a war whether you like it or not because the war, the enemy brought the war to your doorstep. The enemy brought the battle to you. So now it's time for you to get out of the mode of saying, I'm not going to engage in this. I'm going to ignore it. And if I ignore it long enough, it'll go away. The devil is a lie. If it was going to go away, it would be gone. But it is here at your doorstep. And it's time for you to put on the whole armor of God and stand up and fight against this enemy that has brought this war to you. He's coming after our children. You can't have my babies. Devil, you're a liar. I love my kids with everything within me. I will die for my children. I will die for my children. I will die for your children. Because I am in this fight. I am in this war. And I need you to put on the whole armor of God and get in it with me. Because I can't do this by myself. I, 
So there are Christians, especially millennials. I'm not picking on you millennials if y'all in here, but you know who you are. They tend to be so soft-skinned. Everything offends them. And so we tend to do things trying not to offend the people that are offended because of what they're offended. I don't care that you're offended. The gospel was intended to be offensive to you. Because if you're going to understand kingdom principles and kingdom mentality and have a biblical world, world view, you have to, I have to give you the gospel so that you can be convicted and turn to Jesus, who is the only one that is able to save your soul from hell and damnation. This is not a, something that we're here to play with. This is a real battle. So these Christians or millennials, you know, and maybe I am picking on them. They are more offended by you being less than kind or less than loving when it comes to issues of morality. You should just be kind. Isn't Christianity kind and loving? Like, what Bible are you reading? All I hear, all, when I, maybe it's just me, but when I read the Word of God, all this kindness and loving stuff that people get, I get that where God is kind and loving toward those that are kind and loving toward Him. But when you provoke Him to anger, you're going to get the anger stick. So if you provoke Troy to anger, you're going to get the angry stick. And that's, all, that's what I'm going to give you. I may give you the anger stick in love, and what I, what I mean is I love you enough to beat you with the stick till you get it right. I'm not giving up on you. I'm not giving up on a generation. But I will love you enough to beat you with the stick till you come to yourself like the prodigal son. And you come running back home say, Lord, I'm back. I need you like I've never needed you before, and I realize the void in my life, and I need you to come into the place of void and fill it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So, the, I've had millennials, tell, they're all upset with me when I talk about abortion and the babies being aborted in the womb. Well, pastor, why do you have to talk about it like that? Because that's what it is. I don't care if you want to call it fatty tissue and fatty cells. and You can call it whatever you want to call it. But it is what it is. And the fact that you see it one way doesn't change what God created it to be. When you plant an apple seed, you get apples and an apple tree. So... When the man plants that seed of that baby, you're going to get a baby, which means the baby is in the seed. So I want you to understand that the life is in the seed. The life is in the blood. And so when we start acknowledging the fact that the life is in the blood, what I say, he's coming after the seed. That's what all this um, homosexual stuff that you see in the news and all of this um, can you throw up my 
my target picture. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Satan respects pronouns. Now tell me we're not in a war. When you walk into a store in the godly nation of these United States of America and you can find this image proudly displayed, throw up the other picture for me. See, I want you to get a mental image. Hail Satan. He's not hiding anymore. So why in the world is the church silent? Why in the world is the church hiding? We are to be a city upon a hill that cannot be hid. So let the church be the church. And if you're not going to be the church, then get out of the church. It is time for us to take a stand for righteousness, for holiness. We've got to fight against this. And it comes by you not being afraid to speak up. He will anoint you in your boldness. But if you're afraid to be bold, we got another issue. Thank you, Jesus. So we've got two issues that I'm going to start with. Number one, from an ideological and philosophical perspective, we don't like the concept of apologetics. And those taking notes, you can write that down. We don't like the concept of apologetics. And then two, from a dispensational perspective, just our disposition is that we just don't want to engage in these battles. In fact, we don't even like the word battle. We don't like war language, like I was saying a moment ago. Christians, we believe that we should not be engaging with battles, with people, and we shouldn't. We should be loving people is what we tend to believe. And so I want, just what we talked about it here in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, he said, finally be strong in the Lord. If you're trying to be loving all the time, and you're not telling people what God said, how is that being loving? You are preparing them to go to hell because you're not loving them enough to be honest with them. My daughter will tell you, all her life, I, she got tough love. And what I can tell you, baby, who better to make you cry than daddy? Because when daddy makes you cry, daddy can love you through it. But when the world makes you cry, they just put more pain on top of pain, on top of pain, on top of pain. And our father in heaven loves us so much that as we're experiencing that pain, he will just wrap us in his arms. And he will allow his anointing to permeate our lives. And we cannot be who we thought we were. We will then begin to conform to the imago Dei or the image of God. 
because we have submitted to him and we have given our all to him. So I want to give you a couple metaphors too. Metaphor number one in this passage that we looked at is wrestling. Wrestling is hand-to-hand combat. That's a metaphor. Number one, okay? And again, remember, this is not me. I'm just the mailman this morning. I'm giving you what God gave me. And if you don't want your mail, that's between you and God. I'm not going to be the one coming after you. He will. So, metaphor number one, wrestling hand-to-hand combat. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, verse 13. Therefore, put on the whole armor of God. And so it goes on. So if you don't like combat language, then you got a problem with God. Because remember, all this is, this is, this is a whole layout for armor. He's preparing you for combat. And you're talking about, well, I don't like combat language. I don't like war language. And that's not godly. Everything that I read was about armor. He's talking about shields of faith and swords of the spirit, which is the word of God. And, and for my Wednesday night people, what do I say about the sword, the sword and the sword? What does it do? It cuts. And if you notice when the sword cuts, my Wednesday night people, they're used to this. When the sword cuts, it doesn't give you recourse to do the work to heal the cut. That's his job. My job is to give you the word and let it cut you open so that he can come in and heal the wounds and the broken places. See, you made it on broken pieces because you've been cut. You made it this far because you've been wounded for his transgressions, for the transgressions that he has before you. Because remember, I'm 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 going to give you this nugget. See, we tend to get all overwhelmed by stuff that we're going through. And I know I'm getting off, but I I hear the Holy Spirit, guys. We believe that the attack that's on our life is about us. But I'm here to tell you that the attack that's on your life is not about you. God is using what you're going through to bless somebody else. You are going through what you are going through. For the people that are watching you, waiting on you to crash and burn. What did he tell Peter? I prayed for you. That your faith fail not. Your faith will not fail. I feel his glory. I'm trying to stick to my. (sighs) Hallelujah. (laughs) See, that's why I couldn't. I can't sit y'all in front of me because y'all pushing me. Hallelujah. (sighs) Salvation. I found it necessary to. He's saying here that he found it necessary to, uh, to, to write about the faith. You know, it was, it was once delivered to the saints. There's a Greek word that I'm going to share called moxen. Moxen deals with combat. Are you ready for combat? I didn't hear enough. 
I don't think I have a team of people in here that are ready to do war with the enemy. See, I'm not just running around throwing Greek words out. But it literally means to wrestle, to engage in hand-to-hand combat. So verse 2, he wants, so when we, let's look at Jude. Yeah, let's go to Jude. Jude. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. And don't ask which chapter. If, I know, if you ask which chapter, you haven't read your Bible. You're not a student of the word. Don't embarrass yourself by asking your neighbor, which chapter of Jude are we to go to? <laughs> Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of Jesus, a bro- brother of James, to those who are called, sanctified by God the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ. Mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Then verse 3 says, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out of out of this condemnation, ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 5, but I want to remind you, though you knew, though you once knew this, that the Lord having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe and the angels who did not keep their proper domain but left their own abode he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day Mm. combat see Verse 2, he wants mercy, peace, and love to be multiplied to you. And in verse 3, he wants you to go into hand-to-hand combat. Which means that there is no contradiction between being a loving Christian and engaging in the combat of apologetics. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I know y'all learning y'all Bible this morning. I'm going to be like, Pastor Scott, Pastor Troy got us running around our Bible like that. I don't know where them books are, but you better learn them. (laughs) So let's begin in verse 1. Most people like to start around verse 4 on this one, but I want to start at verse 1. Now I, Paul, myself am pleading with you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ who in presence am lowly among you, but being absent am boldly toward you. But I beg you that when I am present, I may not be bold with that confidence by which I intend to be bold against some. Who think of us as if we walked according to the flesh? For though we walk in the flesh, we do not, we do not war according to the flesh. 
For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds and casting down and arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Ah, thank you, Lord. Isn't God awesome? So, we are to be bold in everything that we do. We always want to be, we, you can't always be humble. You can be, what I've learned is, and what I'm saying with that is, you can be humbly bold. I can be meek and be bold, but I'm going to tell you what thus says the Lord. Don't come to me and tell me that God didn't create male and female, man and woman. Because you're a liar and the truth ain't in you. And I'm going to rebuke that spirit in you. Because the devil is a lie. And obviously he's living in you because you believe the lie. And so I'm going to curse the lie, not you, but I'm going to curse the lie living in you at its root. And God is going to set you free from the lie. That's what today we got to be free from the lie. Because every day if you're watching the news or listening to the radio, you're hearing lie after lie after lie after lie. But my Bible says that I am to study to show myself approved a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And I can't rightly divide the word of truth if I don't know it. Because I got to know my Bible. Because the word of God also says that the truth shall make me free. And if I want to be free, I need to know what the word of God says. Because there is nothing more liberating in my life than the word of God. There is nothing more that releases the anointing of God in my life than his word. So I've got to get in his word and know what he said. We like to get in his word and only, prom and only study his promises. But let's get past just studying his promises and know what he said for us to do in every area of our lives and not just know it, but live it. And when you begin to live it, I promise you, you will see the miracles and the glory of God happen in your life like you have never seen before. You will begin to see yourself go into the enemy's camp and see the atmosphere change because you went in wearing the whole armor of God. You came in equipped to do battle in enemy territory. You weren't afraid. You didn't back down. You stood firm in your conviction and you said, devil, you're a liar. I'm coming in. Not only am I fighting for my children, but I'm fighting for your children and your children and your children and your children. I'm taking it back by force. Hallelujah. How do we fight this? How do we do this? I'm going to start with how do we get here? Anybody know how we got here? We made a choice to be here. What choice did we make? We, were be, we became so heavenly minded that we were no earthly good. 
we were focused on heaven is my home. And when I get on the other side, I won't be any more suffering and, and pain and sorrow. But what about the nasty now and now? I don't know about you, but I know how it's going to be on the other side because I read the book. But I need a savior in the nasty now and now. I need a redeem I need a redeemer in the nasty now and now. I need redemption now, not just on the other side. I need it today. I need him to do a work in me right now. I don't have time to wait. I need it now. And if I'm going to get it now, I've got to know what the word says. Because the thing about it, many of the things that we're searching for, we don't need to be searching for. You know why? Because it's in you. I'm going to go on the record today and tell you everything that you need for your life, God put it in you. And the very example that he gave you, that he put it in you, is an example I like to use when you cut yourself. The body heals itself from within. So the healing you need for that cancer is in you. The healing that you need for your mind is in you. The healing you need for your emotions is in you. You just need to get in the word of God so that that healing, of whether it's emotional or physical or financial, so that it can raise up inside of you and it can manifest in the earth. But it is inside of you. So stop looking outside of yourself for what God has already put in you because the power and the dominion is in you. You got to be able to speak the word with authority, but you got to know what authority you have in the word. So if you don't get in the word, you don't know what authority you have. I've had people tell me, Pastor, how is it that you know all them scriptures and you just quote all these scriptures like it's nothing? Because I study the word. And when I study, I don't study to preach to people. I travel all over the country and all around the world to preach. But I don't study to preach to people. I study to live for God. And so in my studying to live for God, he gives me everything that I need to accomplish what he wants to accomplish in me. So... In Ephesians, Paul says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, against rulers, authorities, cosmic powers, and all that kind of stuff. And here, Paul says, we walk in the flesh. We are not waging war according to the flesh. We're not at war with people, amen? We're not at war with people. Somebody, come on now. I'm not at war with a homosexual agenda. I'm not at war with a, a, a liberal left-wing Democrat agenda. I'm not at war with Christians who have adopted their ideology. I'm at war with those. I'm not at war with those people. I'm at, I'm at war with those ideas that stand in opposition to the truth of the gospel. And that's the, the important thing to focus in on. 
It's not about this person or that person, but it is the spirit that is coming against that ideology because it is an ideology that has manipulated our people for years. The word says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And he wasn't just talking about biblical knowledge. We spend too much time living in this world and we have no knowledge of the, what's happening in the world. As I was doing some studies a couple weeks ago, I realized something. That here we look at all of the things that we see. When I look at the church early on and even in the Jewish synagogues, what I found was perplexing and amazing to me and wonderful at the same time. What I found was the reason why people came to church and you're not going to like this, but I'm going to tell you anyway because I don't care. <laughs> the reason why people came to the place of meeting was not just to get the word of God, but to get the news of what was happening in the world so that they also knew how to combat the enemy in the world. And we come to church thinking that I don't want my pastor talking about anything that's happening in the world. Well, if you don't know what's happening in the world, how are you going to fight the devil? Because he's coming after your children in the school. He's coming after your children when they're away from you. He's giving your children a circle of influence that you don't know they have. But instead of them being the influencer, they're being influenced. And they're bringing all of those spirits into your home. You wonder why you're having issues in your marriage. You wonder why you single mom or you single dad, you don't sleep well when your kids come in the house. Because they're bringing those spirits of those people that they've been around into your house. But I break that today in the name of Jesus. I break that off of your home in the name of Jesus. The blood of Jesus covers it today. We're not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not about the flesh. We battle in the spirit. See, Paul is living during a time where if someone is in a fortress or a stronghold, the only way you can defeat them is through siege warfare. Does that make sense? In other words, you would have to encamp around their fortress, around their city, around their wall. You would have to build siege works. Literally, you'd have to have engineers in the field. It could take you days or weeks, depending on the size of your siege works, to build it. It may take you months in order to build it. You'd either have to starve them out or they starve you out and you run out of supplies and resources. Paul says our weapons are so mighty that they can do in an instant what it takes man weeks, months, or years to accomplish. There wasn't a weapon known to man that could do what Paul is talking about. The atomic bomb couldn't do what Paul is talking about. You can do with the weapons of our warfare that God has provided to you. Hallelujah. We got the stuff. 
There's an old song that I know Pastor Lydia knows because it's from her era. <laughs> you can't lose with the stuff I use. I know you know it too, Mitch. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you can't if you're using the right stuff. Today, Christians are so focused on social justice when we should be focused on biblical justice. I'm going to say that again. We are too focused on social justice when we should be focused on biblical justice. So we've got to change our focus. It's time to make a change. So every wind of our doctrine needs to be changed. Needs to focus on the biblical, practical. We got here. And how do we fix it? We fix it by warring. We fix it by taking every thought captive. When the enemy brings in all these thoughts, these things that we know we shouldn't be thinking, we need to get into the word of God and cover every one of those thoughts and get rid of all of our anti-God ideas. Because we got a lot of anti-God ideas that are happening in our head and in our lives. It's time for us to put those things asunder and say, God, all I want in me is you. No more stinking thinking. I will only do what you said for me to do according to your word. Even if you have to slap me upside my head to make me do it. I will submit under your mighty hand. It's all about you. None of it is about me. It's not. See, in America, we're comfortable. We're selfish. We are. Let's just be honest. But we got to make it all about him. The king of glory. Whatever you're dealing with, nothing is too hard for God. I've seen God bring me out time and time and time and time again. Even when I wasn't in the place exactly where I needed to be with him. I still saw him bring me out by his mighty outstretched hand. Just like he brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, he brought me out with the spoils of where I came from. He wants to bring you out with the spoils. If you're in this room today, and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior. I want to challenge you today to put on the whole armor of God and say, God, today, I, yeah, I surrendered some to you, but today I make a commitment to surrender all to you. 
I make a commitment to surrender all that I am, all that I was, and all that I will be to you. I can't do this by myself. I need you. I need you like a junkie needs a, needs a fix. I need you like a nicotine addict needs another hit. I need you. Oh, I need you. See, that should be your clarion call. And if that is you in this moment, I want you to come make your way down here. I want to pray with you. However the struggle is, don't be afraid. Don't be concerned with who's looking. Don't be concerned with what other people think. This is between you and God. This is between you and God. This is between you and God. Come out from among them. He said, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father in heaven. Come out from among them and be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Hallelujah. Where's my prayer team? Where's the pastors? Come on, let me get some pastors. Let's get the laying hands on these people as they're coming down. I'm going to lay hands on you too, but I want the pastors to start, go ahead and start laying hands. Hallelujah. I feel yokes breaking, being destroyed. Not breaking, I feel yokes being destroyed. I feel yokes of bondage being destroyed in this room. If you've got something that you've been struggling with that you think nobody knows about, I want you to know God knows. And I want, now I want you to make your way down here. Because God is going to break the strongholds off of your life. Woo! God is going to break the strongholds off of your life. And you are never, ever going to be the same. That pornography you've been dealing with, God said today it's over. Today it's over. If you will confess with your mouth, he's going to restore you in this place, in this moment. And you, he's going to take the desire out of your heart. He's going to take the desire out of your life. That spirit of anger is breaking right now off of you in the name of Jesus. Ah. Mm. Glory to God. Glory to God. We are in a war, saints of God. We are in a war. And if you need to go, I will dismiss you in this presence. But for my people of faith, I would ask that you would just stretch your hands toward these people and begin to release the anointing off of your life onto, onto them. But if you need to go, you are dismissed to go. Stand to your feet and stretch your hands forward. 
and believe God on these people. Oh, God. Oh, God. The anointing is here. The anointing is here. The anointing is here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.